show has been brought to you by Machine Culture. My name is Danny Schill. And I'm Dan Muller. And we host the podcast We Book Celebrities. We book all kinds of celebrities, even though we're not that great at it. But we've had some success. Glenn Danzig, for instance. Yeah, you guys know. We've also had DJ Khaled. You can see the blessings in my house, my family, my musical garden, and Florida. Oh, wow. That's the end of the expert. Tanya Harding, Steven Seagal, and Meatloaf. Dick Cheney always says, one of my best friends, you and Dick, huh? Oh, yeah. I was there when he shot that guy in the face. I had to run off because I had priors. But. Yeah. So please listen to We Book Celebrities on the Machine Culture Network. <laughs> Martha Reddick, and I'm the host of the podcast Chronicles of Nannia, a nanny resource podcast made for nannies by me, a nanny. Each week on Chronicles of Nannia, I'm joined by a guest to discuss topics related to nannying. From how to build the perfect fort to how to legally pay your taxes, we cover it all. If you've ever accidentally told your friend, I need to potty, this podcast is for you. See you on the playground. Don't impress me much So you got the brains But have you got the touch Now don't get me wrong Yeah, I think you're alright But that will keep me Previate, comrades This is Impress Me With Music The show where every week We create a new playlist That you can use to impress friends Enchant lovers, intimidate enemies And just flat out enjoy yourself Every week my co-host cohabitator and long-suffering beard Mary Novohovsky and I carefully pick out each song for you and put them on a playlist. You can find our playlist embedded into the episode description. To get the playlist early, follow us on Spotify in the link and rate and review our podcast on iTunes. So we are rolling technically, so don't say anything about grabbing people by the pussy or anything like that because that will get picked up. All right.
All right, so that is uh, Last Man Alive by Titty City um, off of their upcoming album. We have Titty City in the studio here. What is the name of that album? It's called An Oil Painting of Bono That Resembles Stevie Wonder. (laughs) Huh. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so... Lots of questions. <laughs> Lots of questions. Maybe let's start with our our classic intro, though, Dave. Yeah, let's start with the classic. Let's not let's not lose the let's not lose the structure that we've built so the steam so we're long loved so for. Hard. Yeah. Well, it's oh, it's, is it me then? Yeah. Hey, you're listening to Impress Me with Music. I'm one of your co-hosts, Mary Novohovsky, and with me in the studio is, as always, my loving husband and father of my unborn child. Uh, let's not go that far. Dave Metz, hey, Intr- you, you want to introduce yourself? Or? Yeah, I'm Dave. Uh, I'm a fun guy, cool person to invite <laughs> to a party. Um, we got some guests. Yeah, <laughs> we got guests. Look at that. We were like... I'm kidding, I love you. Yeah, we, p- people were done. People were done with just us. So we decided to bring some guests to the situation. So we've got part of Titty City in the studio this rainy slash snowy afternoon why don't mm-hmm. you guys uh introduce yourselves tell us tell us what's up uh my name is ariana i'm one fourth of titty city i play mm-hmm. the keyboard i sing yes my name is colin bullock i am one fourth of titty city in terms of band members i am about like five sixths in terms of weight so you know <laughs> It is, uh, I mean, okay, so who else you got? Danny, he's a skinny dude. Danny's a lanky guy, which yeah. we call. How much do you think he weighs? I would say Danny weighs uh, 120 pounds, but 30 of that is cock. You got to remember, <laughs> 30 of that is that dick. And then, uh, okay, so it's you, mm-hmm. Danny, yeah. Ari. I play guitar and I do some yelling. I do some singing. Uh, Ryan Croft plays some bass guitar. That's right. Um. He's a little pudgy, not terribly. Yeah, but how tall is Ryan? Ryan's not that tall of a He's guy. He's 5'8". Is he really? Sounds about right, yeah. yeah. That's tall. That's tall for a guy, right? 5'8"? That's tall for a, for a lady. That's tall mm-hmm. for a lady. I always get those two good. How, yeah, t- how tall are you? and ladies. We're living in a new world, though, you know? Gender is a social construct. Yeah. How tall are you, Ariana? I'm like 5'3 three and 3 quarters, according to my doctor. Really? I thought you were taller than that. 3 quarters? Is, is your doctor a 4-year-old trying to say how old he is? <laughs> I'm 5'3 three and 3 quarters. <laughs> my half birthday. Right <laughs> Not mine. I get no service, and no one wants to call me anyway. Oh, come on, Colin. You're... Or Yossarian. I want to make sure I'm calling you by the right names, not yeah. that we're on that, that topic. You know why this is some inside baseball? My Facebook name is Yossarian uh, because that's what my dad would call me growing up. Uh, he wanted to name oh, Yossarian after the character in Catch-22. Oh, oh, I thought I thought you were kind of like the uh, Yusuf Islam of the Chicago <laughs> music comedy scene. That's, I that's, mean, that's where I thought we were kind of, but I'm a hateful person who doesn't believe in peace. So aside from that, I'm exactly like Yusuf Islam. Yeah, inside baseball, we actually kn- know Colin you know, I w- w- from you- from comedy. Oh yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, Colin's not only a musician; he's also a uh, a comic or a, bi- a bitter artist. a bitter a, a bitter too, performance right? artist. Sure, yeah. if you want to call it that, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. We we all sometimes dabble, mm-hmm. or we once did. Sure, I don't think I'm that bitter anymore, but I was for a long time. I'm pretty cool now. What were you bitter about? God, I don't know. Bunch you had of, a bitter face. Yeah, a bunch did. of dumb shit no one could possibly care about. Did you ever try, like, just punching someone you didn't like? 
Uh, I mean, not in the comedy world, but I've punched people like at bars and stuff before. Yeah. Dave used to punch comics. Yeah. Ooh, who'd you punch? Well. Who'd you punch? Okay. Yeah. Let's spill that tea. Brian Earl, I punched probably nice. almost 15 times. I, yeah, he's like in shape, dude. I'd like to see you guys fight. <laughs> I mean, we have fought. We were roommates. It was <laughs> like worse than any like sort of like uh, like reality TV show roommate situation. I mean, it was like like he threw a chair at me once. I mean, it was a brutal battle. <laughs> You also punched Bram Funk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why did you punch him? He's the okay. nicest guy. He, Dave used to have a drinking problem. Yeah, He's good sure. Now. I know that game. That was that was a big part of it. But also, <laughs> and he is a kind, gentle soul, I guess. I don't know. He has diabetes, so that you guys <laughs> I punched a man with a medical illness. Um, In a way, it's better to punch someone with a bad illness because like, they have less to lose. You know what I'm saying? Punch a perfectly healthy person, you're wasting something. That's why... Pedophilia is such a terrible crime. That's <laughs> why. Yeah. Huh. Let me tell this. Thank God Dave ended the sentence that way. When he yeah. started, pedophilia is such a. I go, I'm, do I have to leave this studio? <laughs> it's okay. We're, you know, we've already lost maybe three, four listeners. At, at Damn it, half of our listeners. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's. Uh, what are you guys listening to in general? What's, what inspires you? What keeps you moving? What wakes you up? Puts you to sleep? All that shit. I listen to a lot of podcasts. I don't listen to music uh, that much. Although this past... Good, you said? (laughs) Glad we're here. (laughs) (laughs) This podcast will review other podcasts. Um, This past month, I did uh, go to three concerts, which is a lot for me in a month, okay? I don't go out very much. What concerts? Let me tell you this. It was a real white guy in his 30s trifecta, okay? Oh, boy. I saw the Pixies at Chicago Theater. Okay. Then I saw Arcade Fire at United Center. Okay. And then I saw LCD Sound System at the Aragon. Two or three of those I can get by. Yeah, two out of three of those concerts I would have definitely gone to. Now, here's what's interesting. I wonder if it's the same outlier in both of your cases. I think it is. All right, let's do a one, two, three, and then you guys say which one you don't like, okay? One, two, three. LCD LCD sound sound system. system. Nice. Do you agree with them on that one? I don't care. That's that's (laughs) valid. You're like water on a duck's back over here. Nothing gets to Ari at all. That's understandable. I'm not like a huge fan or anything like that. I like one of their songs, and I heard they put on a good live show, and they do. I thought they quit. Wasn't there a documentary about how they quit? Yes, and then uh, they were like, you know what's good? Money. Mm. Went back out there. Money, the money, Jay-Z. money, money, money. Jay-Z did the same thing? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Black album and like, what was that, 2006 or something? That was Thereabouts. That was his last album. I guess yeah. it, yeah, something like that, yeah. And he was like, he's like, this is the last album. And it, 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 you know, it, it ends with a song talking about like where his mom is talking about him and shit <laughs> like that. And, and then he, he- I love my son. It's called my first, my first song I'm sorry, it begins with his mouth talking, but then it ends with a clip of Notorious B.I.G. talking, who we all know is dead. And then he's like... Uh, Says you. I mean, <laughs> he's definitely dead. I yeah. stand behind nope. that. Tupac, maybe. That's a different story, yeah. Yeah, he's in Cuba. <laughs> That's true. Tupac is just Maharshala Ali. All right, all right, what are you, what are you, what are you listening to? Are you um, listening I to? don't know. I've, I've been listening to a lot of Barbara Streisand. <laughs> Um, I've been listening to a lot of like funk, like a lot of uh, modern funk bands lately, which is not something I ever did when I was younger. But I've just been getting really into it lately. I went to see uh, I went to see Moon Hooch, which is like uh, it's like a New York State band, and they were playing like a with government band from yes. the <laughs> a state mandated band. <laughs> Bunch of corrections officers got together. They just read tax filings for the entire concert. Nothing like state art, yes. 
State Commission. They're from Brooklyn also, so I don't even know why you said New York State. It's not like they're from, like, Rochester. But she's yeah. not wrong. They yeah, are from New York wrong. State. It's in the state. No, yeah, I didn't mean New York state. state. I know the yeah. difference between <laughs> New York State. Where are you from? I'm from Chicago. Oh, well, then what do you know? <laughs> Go on. No, please. I'm sorry. What else do I like? Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it. I'm kind of the same as Colin. I actually, <laughs> I haven't been seeking out a lot of new music lately, um, but I also don't listen to podcasts. So I just, mm-hmm. it's just silence all the she time. She just screams. That's what I do. Yeah. The other day I listened to like three Lil Peep songs when he died and I had to Oh man, I am gonna start calling Joe McMahon Big Peep. <laughs> <laughs> this is a real inside baseball know, podcast. <laughs> what did you think of what did you think of Lil Peep? We actually Mary and I were listening to mm-hmm. him like maybe like three months ago and we were just not mm-hmm. digging it. We were like, Oh god, what a piece of shit. Yeah. Whoa. He was he, described well, as dead. rest in peace, you know, what a Yeah, mm-hmm. rest in peace, Peep. He was described as filling the gap between emo and rap. I read that, yeah. It's great. And he was part of the rap collective goth boy clique. (laughs) Yes, he was. He was, uh, he looked like Jared Leto's Joker from Suicide Squad brought to real life. And uh, here's like, I go on Twitter afterwards and there's some people that I see who like have a genuine like sadness about this man's death. And I kind of realized like, it doesn't mean anything to me. It's not for me and I don't get that, but that's cool. Like okay. rock and roll needs music that thirty-three-year-olds don't get. Absolutely, it's all rock and roll. Though we're, we're we've been talking even the last couple episodes, like a lot of the crossover with like rap and emo, and that mm-hmm. it's like rap's just becoming more vulnerable. Hip hop as a genre, which used You're to right. be all like gangsta gangsta mm-hmm. shit, has a lot more yeah. kind of like human element to you it. You know what someone before. told me? I heard someone say it goes down to one weekend you can see the divide. It was that famous divide that Kanye and 50 Cent put out an album mm, on the same day. Yeah. And they did that Rolling Stone cover. Yeah. And it was like, what's going to be big? And, and 50 is kind of this previous hardcore gangster rap singer. And Kanye is this New Deal, uh, you know, emotional kind of guy. Yeah. I like Kanye West. I yeah, love Kanye. I mean, we talk about Kanye all the time on here. I mean, yeah, he's a he's a part of our lives. He's a part of our baby's life. Well, it's weird because the Kanye album "Life of Pablo" came out right around the time we started dating, so mm. we listened to that a lot. Yeah. in the beginning of our relationship. So that I don't know. I like, obviously, Kanye is a. Is well, pr- think of how weird it'll be for your child who's going to grow up in a world where like. Kanye West to him will be like David Bowie was to us or something okay, so like that. Okay, you wow. said Bowie because on the way over here we were literally talking and I said that like all of the spiritual successors of Bowie are mm-hmm. rappers now. I would agree. You know, like ASAP Rocky is like someone who is very clearly influenced by David Bowie, even though his music mm-hmm. on paper is gangster rap music. Sure. His approach to it, his aesthetic, his frontman, the way mm-hmm. he carries himself, like what's important to him, mm-hmm. is very Bowie-esque and he's changing. Kanye does it too. He's changing like every album. The yeah, Kanye college dropout. Kanye is a million miles away from Life of Pop. There's not really like rock bands anymore. About like you know when I was a kid, sort of these huge you know '90s rock bands that I loved. They're not really. Some of them are still around, but like I try to think if I was 16 now, I probably would be into like yeah. rap. I'd probably be into Little Peep. Oh yeah, I. I... <laughs> Probably would super be in a little peep. Although I think his tattoos are so fucking stupid. No, they're great. Oh, yeah. It looks like a kid drew on him while he was drunk at a party. <laughs> yeah. and they're like, draw an anarchy A on his face. Well, I think we should head into our first oh, yeah, track so that, that we picked. So we had Titty City create a playlist for, for this episode outside of their tracks. And we're going to end with a super sweet in-studio performance. But... Speaking of a uh, '90s rock, 
uh, <laughs> the first like we we went through your playlist and mm-hmm. we had we had some arguments, but this was the song that we both decided we were definitely gonna have to play. He caused a marital fight. What I were the arguments? I want to hear about the songs that we, you guys fought over. We. You know, Colin will get there. <laughs> <laughs> but I really want to hit off with this one because I think there's a, there's a lot to say. So, Dave, hit that play button. Shellac of North America. Catalog number TG211 CD. Audio compact disc. 44.1 kilohertz sample rate. 16-bit word length. Samples represented in two's complement binary. 8 to 14 expansion. Set reproducer for reference level. 1,000 hertz. To the one true God above, here is my prayer. Not the first you've heard, but the first I wrote. Not the first, but the others were a long time ago. There are two people here, and I want you to kill them. By disease or a blow To the face of her neck Where her necklaces close Where her garments come together That was Prayer to God by Shellac. Alright, so who picked that? That was myself. And explain. (laughs) Please explain yourself. Oh, I need to. Um, Let me tell you, I uh, got into Steve Albini like a lot of people through sort of a combination of, you know, him being famous for producing Nirvana records and all that stuff, Pixies records in the 90s, and then just his general uh, facade of being a cranky man, which I guess is not a facade. That's legitimately what he is. He's a cranky, bitter, angry man. Um, he owns, uh, what is it, Electrical Audio, the, the studio in Chicago. He's produced all this amazing music. What does he have a right to be Steve Albini has a lot of opinions that he thinks the world needs to know about other people's uh, Kickstarter pages and about fashion. Like I, re- I read an interview with him one time. And where was it? Maybe it was like, uh, you know, Vogue or some shit. And afterwards they were like, what do you think of fashion? And he said, I have no fashion. I don't believe in fashion. And I hope your magazine collapses. Wait, why would he say that? That's rude. <laughs> He's an angry man. Um, and I think this song is, first off, it's kind of a tasty groove. I love the sounds. It's super, super heavy. But uh, to me, it's a very dark, funny song about murder and jealousy. Murder and jealousy. Mm-hmm. It's also, I mean, obviously, I feel like there's prayer to God. I think of like a religious. Yeah. It's obviously a religious thing there. It mm-hmm. makes me... You know that the thermals? You know the thermals? Love that we've been compared to the thermals a few times. Really? <laughs> <laughs> really? You've got a lady in your band. You must be the thermals. The other person in the band rolled her eyes at how much of a fucking dipshit <laughs> statement that was. That's where I'm at in my life. But they had that one album that was all about God. I the body, the blood, the machine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. That's oh. what that made me think of. That's that's like interesting. This. This is a good song. It is. Um, now that's sort of more like kind of on its face, I think, playing with, like, the passion involved in religion. And I think this is, like, to me, it coaxes up an image of, like, a teenage boy who's angry that a woman left him and is praying to God to murder her. So it is sacrilegious and angry, and that's very funny to me. You know, I was thinking about the other day because I was listening to Eminem. I've been really listening to the first two Eminem albums a lot lately. Not a lot of songs about murdering women anymore. I feel like we used to have a lot of those Delia's Gone by Johnny Mm -hmm. Cash. You know what I mean? Now, let me ask the women in the room. (laughs) 
do you wish there were more songs about how we can openly kill you? <laughs> yeah, I'd love some ideas. Uh, yeah. Sure. I feel pretty comfortable with the trajectory away from that. <laughs> no, but you I do I did listen to Eminem the other day and you're absolutely correct. I'm like, it's crazy this was on like mainstream I know. radio. I know. Yeah, I know. we we cuz we say that we're in a more liberal space right now, but I mm. would actually posit that we're in one of the most conservative eras of all time when it comes to content. Yeah, like the, I could see the, that. The shit that we used to allow. Yeah. I, think, I mean, we used to let Madonna like, write books, for example. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they had Vanilla Ice's penis in it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That was like a thing everyone knew about. Yeah, and, I mean? and I have not seen a book where Katy Perry jerks off Lil Peep, hopefully, exactly. before his well, death. You're going to see that now. <laughs> well. Unfortunately, Ari's shaking her head. This is. <laughs> I'm sad that you never got to see Katy Perry's book. That's all. <laughs> I I don't know. I love this track because it's one. It's a departure from anything we ever plan here. Uh, two, I think it just sounds like the '90s alternative rock that we were just talking about. I mean, yeah. I'm not surprised that Steve Albini is able to just like capture a sound. Mm-hmm. I think this song just captures that. Well, like that little weird intro in the beginning makes me laugh because like he's such a stupid nerd about it. But then you listen to the song and a lot of his stuff and you're like, yeah, he does care a lot about sonic fidelity, yeah. sonic quality. It matters a lot to him. But it's not like pretty. It's not like, I mean, it, it's pretty in certain ways, but it's not like a Queen song where they did 30 different vocal tracks. In fact, right. Steve Albinusly famously hates the sound of the human voice. He doesn't like it very much and likes weird distorted guitars. Yeah, I mean, he does definitely have, like, that's his guitar sound. Yes, you know absolutely. I mean? That is the sound that he uses, you know? He is such a fucking nerd, though. I'm, like, reading about him on Wikipedia. <laughs> he but looks he, like he jerks off to cuck porn, if you just see I mean, a picture he, of him. I mean, he went to Northwestern, you mm-hmm. know? He got a degree in journalism. He basically mm-hmm. just hung around Chicago and, like, wrote zines, and then, like mm-hmm. you said, judged other people's zines. <laughs> yes. <laughs> You know, he's just a, he's a guy who forever has just been like, I am better and smarter than you. And he never really studied uh, audio engineering in any sort of professional no, way. No, uh, But he like produced a couple local things like Killdozer and other bands like that. And it somehow got in the hands of the Pixies. And so he produced, um, I think it was Surfer Rosa. And then later he talked shit about the Pixies and he was like, they were just a bar band. No one cares. But he also produced a Bush album in the 90s. Oh, he is a nerd. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he's he also, a fuck- he has that look in terms of like what he chooses to wear. And I know mm-hmm. you shouldn't judge a man by his clothes, but it's the same thing with like Ian McKay. It's like you see yeah. him and you're like, you look like no fun. <laughs> you know what I mean? Ian McKay is the least fun person to yeah. ever make rock and roll music. Uh, yeah. He's very angry about people having a good time. He's one of those straight edge guys. But it does look like he curated this no fun look. Like yes. he thought about it. Absolutely. But that was a different time. In the 90s, you weren't supposed to like have fun or want to be a rock star. You know, nowadays, everyone all the rappers i don't know if they they seem like they want to be huge yeah that is true i mean there and there is something about the stupid face tattoo that it is like i'm gonna make it yeah i decided <laughs> to make it you yeah. better be the voice of your generation because you're never getting shift supervisor at wendy's if you're right, face right. Tattoo. i've i've literally written off even a cool low-key tech job where i could have had a <laughs> wrist tattoo you know yeah like oh, i'm gonna put it on my face <laughs> 
Makes sense. Because now we've we've gotten okay with like you could have tattoos in most other places and still work at like Groupon. Yeah, I mean tattoos are different. You know, like everyone does. Everyone in this room have tattoos? No, no I don't have any. You guys no, don't have any have tattoos. No ta- we have no tattoos. We're super wow. straight. Wow. Which, needing to get them, and then we <laughs> just keep not. That's been my whole life with it. I've been. Like, mm-hmm. I have like four or five friends that are tattoo artists. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I've been meaning to get tattoos. But I life. have heard reports, some of this is true, that you are going to give the baby a face tattoo, like as soon as it's born, like prenatal. <laughs> I guess that would be before it was born. You're going to give yeah, it a that, face that, tattoo? That'd be, that'd be before it was born. No, that, we don't have that kind of advanced technology. You're yeah. going to prenatal give him all the little peep tattoos? First of all, it's a girl. Oh, I'm so, gender's a social construct. How many times have we said that? Okay. She's going to decide her gender. They will decide their I gender. Decide she's 18. a dolphin. Go on. Yeah. <laughs> we make dolphin kin. Yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. Um, so you guys are putting out an album soon, right? What's yeah. This yeah. Why don't you t- tell us where, where tell is... Tell us what you have out. Yeah. What's what's out? Where are you going? Where well, this are you is playing? our first full-length album. Mm-hmm. Um, we previously did, what, a five-song, four-song? Sounds about right. We recorded in one afternoon. Yeah, in a basement. <laughs> it was just fantastic. How did you feel about that basement? It smelled real bad. <laughs> <laughs> That was a lot of body odor that n- belonged to none of us. Let me tell you, and I smell bad normally, so it was weird. We walked in, we saw the producer, who's a very nice guy, uh, but as soon as we saw his general hair care uh, and how greasy it was, we go, you produce records for a living in a dark room. <laughs> yeah. Did it smell like cigarettes? Was it one of those rooms where people are chain smoking? No, this is like just straight up body. Mm-hmm. This is uh. just uh, human sense. One guy uh, smoked weed out of an apple. You ever do that? Make yeah, when I was uh, 15. Yeah. <laughs> this guy looked about 15. Yeah. Um, but we made it. It's not bad. It's weird how many, how many songs... It's really good. The song that we just listened to. Well, no, that's the yeah, recent one. That's from one. our new album, which oh, okay. is considerably better. Oh, yeah. okay. Right. That we recorded in three days as opposed to 13 hours. Um, but, you know, mo- like there's one song off the very first song on the first uh, EP, which was like put out last year. It's not like old. We just realized, because we're probably going to play it tonight in an acoustic show, we're like, we don't play that song anymore. Yeah. Well, Any what, thoughts? <laughs> what was the song when I uh, opened for you guys and you played that song where you talked in a Chinese accent? <laughs> oh, man. That's still that's still a regular. <laughs> like that closes closer. most shows. That's great. Uh, yeah, that is a song that uh, is called Lucy Lou and Danny DeVito are friends, and it's the last song on the record. Um, and I think there's been four or five times where as a band uh, you guys have tried to talk me out of doing it. Like, people at the show are not going to find it funny. They're not going to like it. I like yeah, it. like, well, show by show, we'll mm-hmm. sort of evaluate it, and we'll all have an instinct, like, this might not go well here, and then it turns out to mm-hmm. be the hit of the night, and we're well, like, true colors. Because here, here's here's my theory on that. It's a song, and at the end, we do a little bit where Ari pretends to be Danny DeVito, and does a pretty good Danny DeVito impression. Thank you. Do you. Do it right now. Yeah, well, do, do you mind, mind regaling the audience? <laughs> I'm like, hey! <laughs> Hey everybody! That's my Danny DeVito impression, which gets uh, me every time. Carries the band. There's a little line. Oh, I love it. And then as a joke, because the whole song has three words, and over and over again we used to repeat Lucy Lou and Danny DeVito are friends. They so really I, are friends. Too. They are absolutely. Are they really? Yeah, this they is are. based in truth. I just mm-hmm. I think at practice I just casually mentioned mm-hmm. that. Did you guys know they're like best friends? They're Lucy good. Lou was my graduation speaker. Where did you graduate? <sighs> well, it was for my for my major for at, uh, at Michigan. Mm-hmm. She has the same major and minor as me. What did you study? Asian studies and Chinese. 
Are you serious right now? I swear to God. Yeah, Dave <laughs> was a Mandarin teacher up until like a few months ago. Okay, Dave, you studied Asian studies? You speak I did. Mandarin? I did in Asian studies. I yeah, Dave, say something in Mandarin. What do you want me to say? Hey, Colin, you asked. Okay, you say uh, Titty City is the best band of all time. Titty City is the best band Band. I, don't know I think he name. made it up. I think he no, made it all no. up. No, okay, Shawanda. say something that you don't have to think about. Like, say... Um, My name is Dave Metz, and I'm glad to meet you, or something. My name is Dave Metz. I'm glad to meet you. Nice. <laughs> yeah, he really speaks Mandarin. That's impressive. <laughs> it's not wow. that impressive. Over a billion people do it. That's a good point. A bunch of a bunch of idiots do it. Um, but we do that at the end, and so like I like do a little thing with my eyes, and I it's wildly offensive. But here's the thing: immediately the rest of the band throws stuff at me and goes, "Stops! We're done. We're fucking out." So my theory is that we get away with it because immediately I'm the bad guy. There's never a moment where like they're going along with it. It's immediately accepted as this was a bad thing, and I should be ashamed of myself. And sometimes we set it up where we do a bit before oh, where yeah. Colin, you know, he's like, okay, we're going to do this one song. I didn't tell the band we're going to do this, but we're going to do this one song. I promise I'm not going to do the thing this time. I'm <laughs> not going to do the thing this time. We're yeah. all like, yeah, you are. Yeah, right. And what's great about audiences is almost every time they go, do the thing, they start chanting for me to do the they thing. They want him to do the thing. And then yeah. he does the thing and they love it. <laughs> it's horrible. It's great. And, oh, yeah. and then afterwards, like, the whole band leaves the stage, and I, like, play a cover, and I'll try to, like, get it to the city we're in. So, like, we played St. Louis, and I did a Nelly song, and we were in Detroit, where you're yeah. from, right, right, Dave Metz? Yes, and this is going to be a good segue to the next song. But there you go. I love it. Going. Because we were in Detroit, and uh, I played first Eminem, Lose Yourself, and the audience, like, loved it. Really? Yeah, and then I said, um, I'd play a Bob Seger song, but fuck that guy, <laughs> and the audience booed me. Yeah, they hated it. Yeah, you can't, um, the thing about, like, uh, certain Detroit artists you're allowed to have, like, a difference of opinion mm -hmm. on, like Ted Nugent, for example. Sure. You didn't like him or... No, or that's, what, that's who I said, Ted Nugent, not Bob Seger. Oh, you said Ted Nugent? I said Ted Nugent, they booed me. Bob Seger, I like. I would not say that about Bob Seger. Ted Nugent, I said it, but it was, like, three people booing me, but oh, they were loud. Okay. Yeah, some people obviously, like, love him. Mm -hmm. um, the thing about Lose Yourself, I will say, is that when Mary and I first started dating, every time I would take her to Detroit... Mm-hmm. Like, I took her maybe in the first six months of our relationship, let's mm -hmm. say we went to Detroit four times, okay? okay? And every time we would go into a bar in Detroit, literally as we're walking in, it's mm -hmm. like, you better lose yourself <laughs> in the music, <laughs> the moment you own it, you won't never let it go. Yeah, it it's was a, it was a, a weird... Song. Yeah, it's like all they play there was was my opinion basically. Well, my my girlfriend's from Clinton Township in Michigan. No way. Are you are you no familiar with that yeah, part of the world? I, I know Clinton Township. That's where Eminem actually lives now. Like as soon as he got done being poor, he moved to. But the interesting thing, and I shouldn't say this, but she is uh, not herself and her immediate family, but like her grandparents and stuff are all the Detroit Mafia. They're all connected to the Detroit Mafia. Is she a Tocho? No, but they know the Tocos. She is okay. a um, Corrado. If you know the Carados. but the so that was more like seventies, eighties. The Tocos are now, and recently I went to her grandfather's uh, funeral, and there were some Tocos there. Uh, but regardless, uh, Eminem, I just I like that. As soon as he got money, he moved to the rich gangster part of Detroit. Yeah, I mean, it's Clinton Township is not historically where rich people live. It's like yeah. rich people that want to be left alone. Kind of, <laughs> I guess I would say like it's that's far east side. That's interesting. Like, because um, he's from Warren. I think mm -hmm. mostly he's from Warren. And my aunt used to live in Warren. And Warren is kind of like, I mean, 
Warren is there's probably more like juggalos in Warren. There are like uh, Eminem type kids. Well, you know, starting out, Eminem and Insane Clown Posse would beef because Eminem <laughs> would claim Insane Clown Posse was going to be playing yeah, at shows. It's weird. I just told this story on the Palm Pilots. Yeah, you know yeah. this. How do you this know is, this? I know a lot of dumb shit, man. I do a lot of reading. All right, uh, Asperger's boys. <laughs> I think we do need to go to the next song. Let's now. let's hit this next that track. Dave was amazed that I have Asperger's too. All right. Well, so speaking of Detroit, we're gonna play a Detroit uh, band. I think this song came out right after I graduated from high school. And that was Gay Bar by Electric Six. Off the album Fire? Off the album Fire. And who picked, whose pick was this? This is, yeah, whose pick is this, Titty City? This is mine too. Oh man, oh, man. we keep picking Collins songs. Next one, next one's hers. Cher? I mean, yeah, it would belong to me, but <laughs> I don't think I, I don't I think I threw it on there for you. Yeah. Does Cher really belong to anyone? Yeah, Cher belongs to herself. She's a celestial She's an being. international treasure. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we, we'll get there. Ari's got some good Cher love to share with everybody. Cher love to share. Um, well, let's while we're on this one, let's let's mm-hmm. talk. Let's talk Electric Six. I'll tell you all where I first heard this song. Mm-hmm. On a Do you remember when uh clothing stores used to give out CDs like mm-hmm. it was part of the weird promotional package like if you bought a pair of jeans you'd also get a CD my mom bought my clothes up until about 2013 okay so. <laughs> do you remember Ari no you not at all know? I never you don't remember got that? CDs okay maybe it was just a weird Chicago suburban thing but for some reason they thought that the way to get you to like buy more shit was to also include like a mixtape CD well in like 1999 a CD was like a valuable thing yeah, this was, was this was like the this was like the mid this was the mid two thousands and uh, I was in an urban outfitters in suburban Illinois and I could not afford to buy anything there, but I did steal the mix CD that was coming nice. with that uh, that people were getting with the clothing and this song was on there. That's how I learned Do about you it. What else was on there? What was big two thousand three hits? Um, I'm trying to shit. What else was on there? Uh, like the Von Bondies were yeah, on there. Actually, Safe to say, come on. Bon, come yeah, that on. was definitely on there. That band lives across the street from my parents. Have you seen the picture of what he looked like after Jack White beat the shit out of him? No, and I did not know that Jack White beat the shit out of no. him. Yeah, that, that is a dude. Fun can you pull fact. it up and show this it to everyone? Old Miami drama. Yeah, <laughs> which is not no old longer. Miami. That's still a bar that exists, and we uh, did not play there, but I reached out to play there. We played at PJ's Logger House, if you know where that is. Yeah. Oh, dude. Dude, the second time I ever did comedy in America was at PJ's Lager House, which really? is kind of like a biker punk bar. Oh, it was definitely a punk bar. Yeah. Um, we yeah. played with a lot of like metal juggalo people. Yeah, but they were they were really they awesome. Were nice. There was a really yeah. great yeah. time. Yeah, it's supportive unless you make jokes about people ODing in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> that happens. That's there. not unique to the PJ's Lager House, I know, though. But so you guys are playing all over the Midwest. It sounds like how mm-hmm. often, how frequently are you doing shows and like going on tour? 
Well, last year around this time, we did a quick little tour. We mm-hmm. went, uh, we did some shows like my hometown, Woodstock, Illinois, mm-hmm. and then we swung down. We kind of did like a hometown tour. So mm-hmm. we went to Oklahoma, where Ryan is from. We did St. Louis, and then did we do a champagne show? We did Bloomington. We did Bloomington, and we did champagne show. actually last week. So we try to go out. Mm-hmm. I don't know when we're going out again, but you know, we've done like a weekend mm-hmm. in Minneapolis. Yeah. Um. Some like I said, we have Cleveland coming up in January. We do so. January thirteenth. We're in Cleveland. Who did you play with in Detroit? I'm trying to remember. Uh, we played with a band that actually reached out to us and asked us to come play. Who are awesome, named uh, El Yeah Dead. <laughs> That's how you say it. It's E L L E Y E H D E H D, and they corrected my pronunciation. Oh. El Yeah Dead. We also played with Hillbilly Knife Fight. Was the, which That's one? Awesome. One of those bands that was like their first show. Yes, Draws or something. Drox. It was like two guys and they fucking rocked. They it was were awesome. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's what that guy from the Von Bondies looks like after Holy Jack White. Shit. Don't fuck with Jack White. Jack White will beat the shit out of you. If the thing so. is, and I will say this: Jack White is from the streets. Okay? True. It is true. He he couches it well, but um, he was raised poor. He was an upholster. Yeah, he's from, uh, he's from, um... It's a very traditional craft. <laughs> it's like we talk about how we're going, we're slowly going back to the days of needing, like, a craft. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, our daughter could be a good upholsterer. My uncle was an upholsterer, but now he works for the FBI. It's weird. Huh. He, he was an air traffic <laughs> controller for the Air Force, then he became an upholsterer for 30 years, and then he's like, fuck it, FBI. I think his uncle I think his uncle is just making license plates in federal prison, and Dave is like, he works for the FBI. <laughs> I mean, it is. This is yeah, he's an informant. Yeah. Was, um, I shouldn't like hit really... the table. Yeah, we had a little guitar reverb. Um, yeah, this song, Gay Bar. Um, oh, yeah, that song we played. Yeah, how about this, Gay Bar? 2003. Mm-hmm. I actually got one of those free CDs. Uh, that's how I found out about the transplants. It was from American. I think they were on there, I too. Think the, 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 the transplants were oh also on Oh, my God, Starcross Lovers. <laughs> no, it was uh, California Babylon, the, which is the most marketable transplant song, until obviously that shampoo commercial was, proved that the other one was a Was the transplants the band Travis Barker played Travis with? Travis Barker was in it, and um, he, for whatever reason, considered that to be his real band. Because mm-hmm. he has a transplants tattoo on the back of his neck and no Blink-182 tattoos. Yeah, that's just like his day All job. Yeah. Small <laughs> exactly. things. He's so above but, Blink-182's but, music. But, you know? but. I had that cassette tape back when cassette tapes were a real thing you bought and listened to. Yikes. Yikes. Do now, they made a comeback. I only ever recently. owned one cassette tape and mm-hmm. I didn't own it. I just like discovered it. Mm-hmm. For some reason, um, Praise You. Flat boy, fat boy slim by fat boy slim like so my sister and i found it in my grandma's house and there was just like eight <laughs> different versions of praise you but well, do you remember like when they'd release a single and they'd be like yeah the remix and then the other remix and it was always the... by bass nectar bass nectar yeah. did every remix on the other side <laughs> now ari you are uh very friendly with gay people <laughs> you they love you uh, you're a gay icon. Would you yes, agree? Yes, uh, in the making, I would say. Yeah, like, locally, I don't know. Close. I just have I just have like two gay friends. That's really it. Yeah, that's way too few. But here's what I wonder: this song, "Gay Bar." Do you think this would actually go over well at a gay bar? I mean, no. Nobody wants to dance to "Gay Bar" at a gay bar. Yeah, a little on the nose, and also it's not like really a dance tune. Right. Yeah. I think. Uh, we're going to get to the gay music in just a minute. Oh, we will, sister. <laughs> um, I don't know who gay bar is for, but it... Uh, yeah, it who is gay bar for? That is, that is a really good question. <laughs> yeah, who was gay bar it's for? It's not for gay bars. No. no. Right. Who um, was Electric 6-4, though? 
I mean, I, I love it. Part, part of it, and this I think is a joke that we do a lot, is part of the joke is they made you listen to it. It's such a stupid song devoid of any, like, value and I so repetitive. I want to take you to a gay bar, gay bar, gay bar. Gay bar. Yeah, that, that's the whole song. I mean, it might be the dumbest Let's song ever. Let's start a war. <laughs> You're like, wait, why are we starting a war? Let's start <laughs> a nuclear war. Yeah, I, thought we were just, I thought we were just going to go hang out at a gay bar, man. Yeah. I got something to put in you. Okay. <laughs> and like, it's the other thing that I think we try to do a lot. Obviously not as well as they do, but if you're doing the stupidest song in the world, you commit to it 100 million percent. And this is so dumb, but like he means it. Yeah, there's no way to be flippant about something. Yes, you're stupid. exactly right. Okay, I just want to keep asking you guys now about your performances. I know we Please have a do. setup of questions, but I don't I don't really care what you listened to in high school. Can I just fuck that question? We already talked about yeah. it. So. I went to a Nickelback concert in 2001. I know you what did. Do you want I know me? you did. I believe that 110%. Now that we're on the subject, what's so bad about Nickelback? <laughs> <laughs> what? Where... Where do you guys like to perform the most in Chicago? And you said you have a show coming up tonight. So, I mean... Well, tonight's like an acoustic show. It's at the Live Wire. At the Live Wire. It's the benefit for the whip. Yeah. Oh. Where, I mean, where do you love performing? Like, of all the places that you've performed, where are you Mm -hmm. like... I want to go back there if I could perform mm. there every night. Usually I totally it's like would. Wh- whoever treats us nicely. Like, yeah. it's no fun to play at places where they're just assholes to you while you're mm-hmm. setting up. Like, I don't know, PJ's Logger House, for example. I would love to play there again because nice. everyone there was so great to us. In Chicago, um, we've had good shows at the Burlington that we enjoyed. Um, that's a fun place. Yeah, we're, we're going to be there on you. December 2nd. So, yeah, we're we going to be some there. repeat shows. Um, you know, I mean, to be honest with you, we played some stuff in Chicago. Uh, some stuff have been good. Some stuff has been bad. We're on the road a lot, too. I mean, I'm really trying to think of, like, great shows in Chicago. We had a really fun show, like, a long time ago at some place that no one's ever heard of. It was, like, called the Cladaga Ring or some shit. Clada. Clada Ring. That was what it's called. That was our first, like, real show. Real show, yeah. That was fun, Yeah, we did a real show at the Clada Ring, which is also, like, the vibe or something i don't know what the hell it is i don't know but they, it was really cool we had a bunch mm-hmm. of people had a couple comics open up for us and it was great it was man a fun night i don't think i don't think we've had a show quite as good as our first show ever probably not you know we had a real good show at uh, the store not the time dave metz opened for us that yeah, was a no disrespectful way. audience they kept talking during our music ari what could be worse? They didn't respect our art. Yeah. But I've had a I lot of fun shows there. I a band filled with comedians not being able to <laughs> approach that correctly. <laughs> <laughs> we did it wrong. Um, you know. Uh, did you yell at them and make them leave? No, we tried. I, I, you um, know, that's that's the that. approach, yeah. Well, it was we, the other performers, you know. Mm-hmm. I think it was the other musicians. They were just it trashed. Was that, yeah. The girls? Yeah. yeah. And here's the thing. Like, they were super nice, but obviously what it came down to is they brought a bunch of people out. So, like, there was a packed house. So I show up. There's a bunch of people. I'm very excited. Then we start playing, and I realize, like, these are all friends of the first band that want to talk to the first band. Right. And they can't wait for us to finish our goddamn set. Oh, that's not nice. I mean, it isn't, but at the same time, it's kind of like no one owes you their attention. So every time, you know, you go out and you kind of do something and people aren't, like, responding to it, A, maybe we're not connecting with them, maybe we couldn't, but it's like, that's going to happen. Like, I don't have a right for them to pay attention to me. It's frustrating. I don't like it, but I can't, like, blame them. Right. They also just sat through ten songs. They're not... Yeah. Yeah. I mean... See, if only comics actually knew to feel this way. (laughs) 
<laughs> well, but that's the, but that's part of we talked about being bitter. And one of the I, I wouldn't recommend someone be insanely bitter for a long time. But if you can be very bitter and mix it with honest introspection, you can actually grow and learn a lot about the world and come to some realizations that will help you be less bitter. And one of those is that idea that like if I don't have success, whatever success is, that isn't like a weird aberration. Like that should that's kind of the default. People don't have success unless they actually do, and you have to work hard for it. And still, life's not fair. If you can really deal with that, life is much easier to process. Namaste. All yeah, right, let's I like that. <laughs> no, I like wisdom. Too, wisdom I, from I, Colin. I'm willing. I I don't know. I kind of feel like to go off of the how I read what you said was that, you know, you get what you make. Success is whatever you decide. I think it, it is. can. I mean, here's what I think. I think that first off, success is a sort of a, a vague term. What does it even mean from person to person? I think that you should work extremely hard and try to create something you enjoy and are interested in. Maybe other people will care. Maybe they won't. Honestly, it's only so much in your control. But otherwise, what are you going to do? Not do anything all goddamn day? Right. You know. Right. I mean, you can't you can't expect people to be into the best version of the art you're going to make just because. Yeah. Just because you're doing your best. And I think that's difficult for comics and performers. Mm -hmm. And you you definitely get that. A lot of that bitterness. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of that bitterness in your in your bro circle. What'd you say? You got a lot of bitterness in your a lot of a lot of the bros, a lot of the comedy bros. Mm -hmm. I'd say a lot of them are like, God, I don't get it. I know I'm the yeah. funniest. We're all in our 30s now, and mm-hmm. so we now know that we're not going to be, none of us are going to be young successes. Well, speak for yourself. I think if I'm going to be a 33-year-old wonderkind. Um, no, 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 you could be that. I mean, a lot of people do find success, especially in comedy, like in, in sure. your 30s. But um, I think what causes the bitterness is when you see somebody is treated like a, a wonderkind, and then yeah. you, you're like, he's just doing the things that everyone's done before that and, and, but, and but that you, gets in your But head. you gotta realize like no one no one thinks for themselves and no one really does anything so everyone just wants to be like this person's great. Well something you said to me actually like years ago has like mm-hmm. stuck with me and you were like why? You're like why did you, you ask yourself why did this person get it and I didn't? Here's the thing everyone's stupid and people all think they're awesome. Yes. <laughs> I don't remember saying that, but I agree with that 100%, yeah. Which, I mean, because that explains like a lot of uh, a lot of stuff. It's like, did you ask to do that? Well, then you can't get angry about the people that are doing it if you didn't try to but do it. But also, that's the other thing. Like, people say you can't get angry. You can absolutely get angry, but it's not going to get... I mean, will it make you feel better? If it does, go ahead and be angry. You know nah, what? No, 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 come on. That's the wrong impulse. No, I mean, I, I don't think you should, but you can if you want. The thing is, you have to reframe it from, I'm not allowed to, to does this benefit me or anyone else in any way to be angry and bitter this won't get me any closer to any goals it won't make me feel better so don't be bitter and bitter and angry well i think this next track is going to make us all feel a lot better (laughs) (laughs) hit that hit that dj
That was Half Breed by Cher. Oh, the album also called Half Breed. Is this song offensive? I think it is now. She, no, well, on the show that she performed this on, she's in the full get-up. She's got the full, like, she's, Indian she's in headdress. Total, okay. But she's, like, in a bikini on a horse, in All a right. full headdress, like, glitter style. It's, but she is, she's Native American. No, she is Armenian. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, those are the Native Americans of uh, Eastern Europe. <laughs> Do you guys ever think about how, like, Sonny and Cher, how Cher is, like, 16? Yes, I think about that a lot. I didn't know that. How old is she? I mean, Cher, like, she wanted to be an actress. She Mm -hmm. was, she was out searching for it. She was not into high school. She Mm -hmm. wanted to be an actress, and then I think, like, after being in LA a bit, Sunny picked her up, and they started doing, they started doing like duets, like acoustic duets, Mm -hmm. and then yeah, I don't know where it got Harry, but it certainly was too early. It was the '70s, so it definitely was Harry. Harry, oh boy. Let's talk about Cher's bush a little bit. Can we do yeah, that? Yeah, I saw it. Anthony Kiedis, according to his autobiography. Scar tissue? What did he say? He, she was his babysitter. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. And I don't know, she was naked. That's amazing. Well, I think that was like the naked days where you yeah. were, everyone was a little too free. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. We're living in a conservative area. You might be right. Era. Cer- era. Certainly we are uh, more conservative than we were like in the 70s. Maybe not as much as like the 40s and 50s, but definitely more than the 70s, yeah. 70s and 60s or anything goes, man. Yeah, and I feel like we pretend like right now is everything goes, but it totally is not. No, you know what actually made me think about that? And I won't say his name, but that particular gentleman who wrote that, or fuck it, Eric Berry, the guy that wrote that article about <laughs> the guy of Chicago or whatever. Yeah. Did you, I never knew him. Did you know I him? never, I think I met him once. Did you ever meet no, him? No, no, no. He seemed vaguely familiar. I don't know. So he... Uh, he would do like all these sort of like sexual positivity shows and I was like talking to two women that yeah. had done these shows and they were like, yeah, I mean, it was all kind of geared towards like us having sex with him. Of course. You know, and it's like, it's like, that's why we live in this era now is because people can't fucking be adults. If you want to like address, mm-hmm. like at least it seems like in the 60s and the 70s and maybe there was just like a shit ton mm-hmm. of abuse going on that no one ever talked about. There was, yeah. Um, but it also feel seems like now you just like people just can't be trusted to be like clear about their intentions on things. You know? What yeah. I mean? I mean, I think um, I don't know. I don't want to wade in the waters, have another man's fucking opinion on sexual assault and right, things well, we of this nature. Here. We, we can be quiet. Uh, yeah, let's have shut up. And this is now you guys for exactly two minutes. Yes, two minutes. <laughs> that's what a woman does. All right, I'm gonna start the stopwatch. Um. Um. Well, (laughs) no, I, all this, there's a bunch of stuff coming out right now, sexual assault in Hollywood, and there's a lot of people being ousted in the comedy scene. I don't know how it is in the music world, if there's any drama. There appears to be a little bit. I know someone was talking about... Well, someone, I I know your, one of your buddies from Detroit was saying that, like, the Detroit punk scene, they specifically had, like, some serious... Some serious issues. More than once, people have come up to me after shows asking if they can sleep with Ariana, and I'm like, That's... yeah, they ask. They ask the other guys they for ask if, 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 yeah, like if I'm available, like That's if they'll insane. rent me out, and I don't even hear. I don't know about it. it never gets to me. Yeah, until and well, no one like... has met my asking price as of yet. <laughs> well, that's kind of the thing that you were saying is this total. I feel like part of it is this lack of being straightforward. Um, I would much. 
I, I, I don't know. I mean, it is fucking creepy if someone goes up to you and says, can I have sex with you? But I still think that's less creepy than someone being like, you know, well, do you want a massage? I'm practicing massage. Yeah. Or do you want to be on my sex positive comedy show where I'm going to make you feel extremely uncomfortable by yeah. basically uh, in a thinly veiled way asking you yeah. for sex or... People shouldn't be that sex positive. Like, I can't imagine... I'm not positive about myself having sex. It's a nightmare. No one should ever have to undergo that. It's not a positive thing. I agree. I don't want to have sex with Colin. Yeah. <laughs> but we're going to, unfortunately. <laughs> well, I think it's part of it is wrapped up in, like, uh, we've created this male feminist character yeah. or, like... I feel like a combination of Reddit and like MRA dudes mm-hmm. secretly created this like uh, infiltration male feminist where they're like, oh no, we love women and we're so. And then it's always that guy that ends up being like, it's like oh, well, while you're here, let me give you a shoulder rub. Yeah. You seem stressed out. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't want to say all male feminists are creepers, but I, I haven't met one who fair. isn't. That's, it's, it's not a fair statement. Mm-hmm. But I'm always a little bit turned off by the guys who decide to, like, speak on behalf of all women. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's my great frustration, is when it's, like, the dude who exposes the dude after, like, four women already tried mm-hmm. coming forward. Well, yeah, forward. that's the point of it's it all. What, it's yeah, like... which is what we had, you know, like, with the incident. And I don't need to, like, bleep his name, because we all know what happened with Martin Morrow. I actually but... don't know what happened exactly. Well, we can't get too into it. We can, we can do it off, off mic. Like but to... basically, he's somebody that was exposed as a, a sexual abuser in the scene. And a good number of women came out with this. I think if you say allegedly, you can legally say anything. Allegedly. Allegedly, he is the Zodiac killer. Uh, Allegedly, he, you know, he was exposed as an abuser. lost his contract. And and many, and and (laughs) several, several women came out and talked about it. And it wasn't until, you know, a dude posted something on Instagram and then another dude snapshotted it and posted it on Facebook. Which is so common. Yeah, you know. That suddenly people were like, oh man, I mean, maybe we shouldn't book him on CYSK again. <laughs> Yeah, which is also the sad thing about all this stuff, which is that ultimately the uh, punishment, is it going to be jail time? Is it going to be any actual repercussions? No, he's going to do less independent showcases. We took away his comedy. Yeah. Yeah. We took away his, uh, yeah. I think he's still opening for Kyle Kinane at Thalia Hall, right? Or did that already happen? I just saw that Thalia Hall sends me emails and be like, go buy tickets here. And I just opened it and it said, Kyle Kinane with Martin Morrow. Um... I mean, I would love to continue talking about this. We are running a little behind. We got to talk about Cher. Okay, okay, we we? do talk about Cher. I love Cher. Cher sort of uh, spurred auto tune with her song "Believe." That was sort of like it wasn't intentional, but a lot of people say that, and for some reason, I feel like I heard someone say that it it predates Cher. Well, she didn't invent it. No, she didn't invent it, and she didn't use it to create something yeah. somebody threw it on her track but yeah. that's when it became some people like picked it up mainstream and were like i like this i like i want to use this as a tool mm-hmm. as an effect not just as a correction device all right can i do my share impression and can yes, you tell please. me if you guys think it's any good because right. dave it. doesn't think it's good oh okay. i want it so bad <clears throat> i need to clear the windpipe <laughs> do you believe in life after love I could feel something inside me say I really don't think you're strong enough, no 
All right, what do you guys think of it? I don't think it's terrible. I'm gay now. <laughs> oh, All right, fine. Okay, what's our next track? <laughs> our next track is... Um, Oh, we're just gonna play hands on the wheel while we talk over it. So this is Ryan's son. He's not here. So we're just rest in peace, Ryan. Let's not even give him the respect. Ryan, it's it's very sad. He died uh, this morning from uh, from a fart overdose. (laughs) A fart. Okay, so what brought all of you guys together, the in, including the two uh, assholes that didn't make Would it to the studio? Yeah, I really was. I mean, I just started going to my, like, very infrequently, and I was actually looking, just, I wanted to just start doing some music stuff again. I think I found, it, like, a post on Craigslist. Sounds about right. And then... I, po- I posted it first. I um, wanted to start a rock and roll band. I played music a lot. Music is something I really, really enjoy. And uh, I like comedy too. And so I said, let's sort of combine the two of them. And, uh, and you found it on Craigslist and you reached out to me. And I don't think we had ever met before. No, I don't think so. I don't believe so. I don't think I'd met Danny either, who also responded to the message. Um, and like for the first like two or three months, it was just uh, I would play bass and you would play keys. Oh, and yeah. Play yeah. And I'm not very proficient on the keyboard in a way that allows me to like lead with keys yeah so having the addition of a guitar really filled us out and that's where ryan came in because ryan took over on bass Colin started playing guitar and then we sort of formed yeah made, made kind of a thing and then, uh you know we just kind of kind of went with it man played shows and we enjoyed it more often than we didn't um and we uh just started writing songs and by writing songs, that's like a really <laughs> strong term for we what we di- do. We are disrespecting the term writing and song. Um, <laughs> we uh, we come up, especially like when we first started, all of our songs would just have one part. Like it would just be the same chords over and over again. And uh, we'd come up with stupid lyrics. A lot of them were like lists. It was very yeah. rudimentary. A lot of lists. Um, <laughs> now we'll just like, we just wrote a song called Doomsday Pussy. It's that's like four seconds long. But it just came about by... I don't know, somebody said something and somebody thought they said Doomsday Pussy and we immediately just wrote like a one minute song. If you, if you remember what it was, because this is one of the greatest moments of my life, we were talking about like bunker food and I said Doomsday Cuisine and then you said, uh, did you say Doomsday Pussy? And I said, I didn't say pussy, I said cuisine, but it's all the same to me, sister! And now we have the song Doomsday <laughs> and then, Pussy. And then we quit the band. <laughs> that broke yeah. the whole thing up right there. All right. Well, well, hey, <laughs> that's a fun. That's a fun story. How you guys come together. Um, all right. So what we're gonna do? We got one. One last song, mm-hmm. um, which is Ari's pick, and then you guys are gonna play us a little, a little yeah. tune, a little tune. So. Yeah, we're gonna have an in-studio performance. The first one we've ever attempted. Nice. Yes. Yeah, so this is yeah. Um, yeah. It's like a tiny desk concert. I like it. Oh. Yeah, see that you guys see? Now it sounds like it's something. Because these are yeah. tiny desks. We're we're literally it's, it's, it's difficult. This is a tiny desk. That's that's fine. a tiny. Okay, play the song. Probably hear me, we can win. I'll take all I can get, baby. 
Okay, so that is Baby Snakes by Frank Zappa off of Sheik Your Booty. Sheik, 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 Sheik Your Booty. And this is, um, Yeah, alright. Tell us a little bit why you picked this track. It's my, I think it's my favorite song. I, I think it's my favorite song ever. It's absolute nonsense. Um, that's pretty much it. I love it because of that. There's no complexity to my pick. It's just There's my so favorite song. There's so much going on in this. Yeah. Well, and that's like everything. He, I mean, the whole album is like that. It's it's he's bizarre. I mean, everyone knows that he was, was very bizarre. But every album is just like inside this guy's head. I don't know. I don't know where does baby snakes come from. I don't know. Yeah. He, but that's the thing about Zappa, right? Is that to some degree, I feel like uh, he's kind of like what we do in that it's sort of nonsense. But like he spends a lot of time working on it. Like, well, yeah, there's had, like a lot of integrity behind it's it. Insane. It's not just he had the best musicians in the world combining this insanely intricate, hard to play music. It's like free yeah. jazz. There was a song that um, this guy used to do heroin with played for me one time, mm-hmm. and I never really listened to Frank Zappa. And it's some song about. It's like he's like I'm Jerry Brown or something, and it's about a guy who's like a football player who gets like uh, his dick burned off with like acid or something. Sounds right. Like that. Yeah. And uh, I was like, this is subject matter of this song is terrifying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, but what a catchy great. song, you know? Like what a yeah. catchy little ditty. That's this baby snakes track is really catchy. Yeah. It's catchy. The hey, song. Baby. A lot of them are like story. Like the song "Titties and Beer." That's a great mm-hmm. one. Check it out. It's like a. Con- it's like a whole uh, interaction with Satan. It's did, fantastic. Did you ever happen to? I think it was Barbara Walters. Her whole, <laughs> like grudge against Frank Zappa. Do you know what I'm talking about? No. His salty interview or what? I don't know if that's where it sprung from, but Barbara Walters, for whatever reason, compiled a list of like the ten most offensive songs of all time. <laughs> she was making listicles long before, yeah, and almost all of them were Frank Zappa songs. That would she make sense. All like it was like eight out of the ten are Frank Zappa songs. But I think that's what he was going for. That's the thing, and this is sort of a, a personal vendetta of mine. But people complain a lot about like uh, political correctness is destroying whatever. But like you realize Frank Zappa was offensive because it's fun to offend people. It's it fun, fun to piss to off the people. squares. Yeah. It is fun to piss people off. That's the point. So, I, like, if you say like, political correctness is ruining comedy, no, it's giving you exactly what you want. The whole reason to do dumb, edgy stuff is because it's funny to watch uptight people get all freaked out. Well, and now, too, you can literally just, like, say a thing and people... Like, I, I, I did this for, like, a month. And I would, this is what I do. I come on stage and I go, now may not be the time to talk about this. <laughs> And then I wouldn't say anything for like 10 seconds and people would laugh because they're like, oh, oh it's going to be That's whatever like, in their mind, like, whatever <laughs> it was, whether it was like Kevin Spacey mm-hmm. or, you know, a terrorist attack, like the Mandalay Bay, like whatever it was, they like were already ready to be offended by it. You know? Yeah. And Frank Zappa wasn't really like a current event offense kind of guy, I don't think. But he definitely was. Uh, he was a freak, man. He was a proud freak. Sure. Yeah. I have a tremendous amount of respect for him, even though I'm not that familiar with his music. Sure. Ditto. You said your uncle plays guitar for Dweezil Zappa? With. They're like friends. Whoa. Hold on. Yeah. Talk about that a little bit more. That's interesting. Uh, that's really all I know. He's like a, he's like an uncle. He's like my aunt's, uh, who knows. But yeah, mm-hmm. he, um, he actually was a touring guitarist before, and then he started a family, so he doesn't do it anymore. But whenever Dweezil comes and has gigs in Chicago, my uncle's always playing at him. It's kind of crazy. I haven't gone to one that's yet. That's cool. You should go. I know. I'm an idiot. Yeah. That's... Why? You haven't met Dweezil? <laughs> if cool. I could have met Dweezil by now, I sure as shit would have. Yeah. Do, you, do you know what Frank Zappa named his kids? All of them? Moon Unit. Mm-hmm. Dweezil. And Ahmed. 
Ahmed, yeah. Who did Moon it. Unit date that we were Mark Maron. Mark yeah. Maron, that's right. But she just goes by Moon now. But oh, cute. It was a rare uh, age-appropriate girlfriend for Mark Maron. Yeah. Is it? Is Frank Zappa also Armenian? We were talking about how she was Armenian. I think he is. I could see that, yeah. I don't know. Or maybe okay, Assyrian? Good for, good for the Armenians. Assyrian. What's the difference between being Syrian and Assyrian? I don't know. Huh. Google it. Do, Figure do, it all do, out. Do, do, do. City so, City, plug your upcoming dates and let's hear this acoustic track. December 2, the Burlington. January 13th at uh, in Cleveland at uh, a place I forget, but it's on the website, tittycityband.com. And our record release show at Sub T mm-hmm. on January 26th. Teamwork, guys. Wow. And this we are weird. opening for System of a Down on their upcoming tour. Oh, for real? No. <laughs> <laughs> she. They're Armenian, too. System of a Down. Huh. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I'll let you guys know if I meet any more Armenians. Please. I was I fucked up she that. Armenian of them. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Right. <laughs> Let's sing a song. So <laughs> what's uh, what acoustic track are you gonna? Are yeah, you what gonna are we doing? Do you want to do? Uh, we could do uh, Mama because that's on the sure, new one. Sure. Let's that's do that. One. This is a song called so Mama's picking out her tombstone. Give me a little like just like a chord real quick. Okay. Turn your mic up a little bit. How do you do that? Oh, there. Wait, how does the yeah, song there we start? Go, there we go. Mama, mama, mama. Okay. <laughs> All right. Mama, 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 why you why? Why you crying? I was the doctor today, mama. What the doctor say? Mama, 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 turn around. What's that on your face, mama? Is that a pizza stain, mama? She said, baby, I got to go. Doctor said I ain't got nothing to live for. I was worried about cholesterol, but I'm okay. Said she ain't got long She's living each day Slice by slice, yeah Mama's picking out her tombstone She's stuck in the frozen aisle Of her life Mama, mama, mama Don't you know Don't you know It ain't gotta be like this, mama It ain't gotta be like this, mama all you got to do All you gotta do is eat a fucking salad, mama Jesus, just one salad, one salad a day She said, baby, you just don't know What it feels like when you got nothing to live for I worry about cholesterol But I'm okay, I said I'm okay, hey Mama's picking out her She ain't got long She's living each day Slice by slice, yeah Mama's picking out her tombstone She's stuck in the frozen aisle Of her life
she ain't got long Living each day Slice by slice, yeah Mama's picking out her tombstone Stuck in the frozen aisle of her life Stuck in the frozen aisle of her life. Thank you guys. Hell yeah. Uh, thank you. Thank you. I sang a guitar solo there, but on the record, I actually played that shit, okay? Don't believe it. <laughs> Thank you, 50% of Titty City, for being in the studio with Thank us. This has us. been another episode of Impress Me With Music. Follow us on the internet. Please, dear God, just follow us on the internet. <laughs> Where uh, can uh, people find you with your website or SoundCloud or what should they do? Uh, TittyCityBand.com is probably the best. Two T's in City. That's an important thing to note. Oh, that's right. Two T's in City oh, yeah. and two T's that in That was Colin's choice. That was a bad choice. I All regret right. that. Well, thanks for coming in, guys. Have a lovely evening. Cute. Woo! All right. All right. So I have to go let the uh, other people deal with the and Thank you guys for coming. Thanks for having us. Thank you. That was a lot of fun. Who's, who's the guest on Palm Pilots this week? That's fun. This show has been brought to you by Machine Culture.